Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study here in my office behind Crossway Church. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and I'm just excited to be here with you on this beautiful day here in the piney woods of Northeast Texas here in my office. And, and if you have your Bibles, uh, I want you to open them to Romans chapter 9 today as we will continue our study in this wonderful chapter and there will be some wonderful things that God will show us today as we dig into his word and, and the ultimate result of every Bible study is that we see Christ in a greater way, that we uh, are tr leave the Bible study trusting Christ greater, uh, not having a Bible study and then everything goes as normal. When we get into the word of God, when we get out of the Word of God, I would pray that the Word of God has gotten into us and we can take what He's imparted to us into wherever we're going. And uh, we can, and, and, and the result would always be the truth of God's Word, not just I read a chapter and I feel good about it. I hope I'm okay with God because I read a chapter today. No, but what did God impart to me? What, what did I glean from the Scriptures? And it must be the truth. Of God's word. It says, uh, Paul told Timothy uh, that in the last days there would be many who are ever learning. And he's talking about scriptural, spiritual things. They're ever learning, but they're not able to come to the truth. Uh, this is why we must study the word of God in its truth, its righteousness context, so that at the end of the study, at the end of the worship service, at the end of any meeting with a Bible as, in, as its centerpiece, the, the, the result of that meeting must be a greater picture and, and a greater thankfulness and love in our hearts of Christ and for Christ, and let's never forget that. Uh, you can find everything that we do here at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can also give on the website to the ministry, and I pray that you would do that, that you wouldn't be uh, allowing your money to control you, but you would control it in obedience according to the Word of God. You can also text your giving as easy as texting on your smartphone, your offerings to Crossway Church to help us do what God's called us to do, which is focus on the gospel and deliver the gospel to 903-231-5950. And if you're not my Facebook friend, uh, you can request to be on Curtis Hutchinson, and I'll accept your friendship. And I would encourage you to follow uh, the Pastor Curtis Facebook page as well. For every morning, I post scripture uh, on those uh, pages and on our Pastor Curtis Facebook page. As of right, even presently, we're uh, streaming live and the YouTube channel we're streaming live right now. So uh, I just pray that you would avail yourself to the teachings and the preaching, the worship services <clears throat> that are coming out of here. And if you do not have a church at all, we invite you to Crossway Church Sunday mornings at 10, uh, 6.40 on Wednesday nights. We have a nursery. We have a children's church. And if you're in a church <clears throat> that's not focused on the cross, then I, and, 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 and you've been hearing the truth, I encourage you, in spite of family, in spite of whoever, whatever's going on there, you have to be sitting under those who preach and teach with 
the context of what the Apostle Paul preached and taught without end, without moving away. The focus of Calvary must be the focus of every single Bible study. Without that, righteousness is not going to be experienced, seen, or we're not going to be able to be led in the path of righteousness if the message of the cross is not the centerpiece of every sermon, every service, everything we do. The Lamb of God is the focus in heaven. And while we're praying, let it be on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus taught us to pray, well, the Lamb is being worshipped in heaven. The Lamb is the focus in heaven. So may the Lamb of God be the focus of every single thing we experience spiritually in this life. Think about that. There can be 10,000 sermons, but the message in every sermon better point to Christ and his work at Calvary. Or my friend, you're sitting under something that only has a form and no power. Uh, the Bible means absolutely nothing without the focus being the blood of Jesus. Absolutely. The Bible means absolutely nothing without our focus and faith being in the blood of Jesus, his work accomplished for us at Calvary. <clears throat> and not just because we were saved 40 years ago, today again we deny ourselves of going after anything other that would tell God the cross wasn't enough, taking up our own cross again today, which is faith in what Jesus did for us at Calvary and following Jesus. And when that's the situation you find yourself in, you won't have a problem of getting up and getting out from among those who refuse to go this narrow way that Jesus and Paul taught us. Praise God. Romans chapter 9 today, here on this 19th day of March, is part 4. Romans chapter 9, part 4. And we will begin in verse 9 and read some. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come. <laughs> See, God's got to come and do something or it's not grace. Amen. If God's not functioning in and through my life, and he's not if my faith is not in the cross, then it's, it, it's not grace. God's grace is God coming and God functioning in me and through me. And Sarah shall have a son. How's she going to have a, a son? Because the Lord said at this time... I will come. See, God had to show up all throughout the Old Covenant. If he didn't, wouldn't be nobody left. For the promise to be manifest, for the promise to be carried down through the ages, the knowledge and the, the revelation, the prophetic vision of a coming Redeemer, God had to show up many, many, many times to remind us, for it is him showing up every day in our lives. Hallelujah. To remind us of the promise. To lead us in the truth of the promise. Listen now, verse 10. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. And remember, it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Esau and Jacob. And Jacob carried the promise of the Redeemer. And Jacob had the 12 patriarchs, the 12 tribes of Israel came through Jacob. And so here, though, we're in between Abraham and Jacob when Isaac 
uh, and his wife Rebecca. Uh, watch what the, the Bible says in verse 11. For the children, the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil. How could they? They're not yet born. That the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calls. That's a very important verse right there. That is very important. And these scriptures that we're about to go through are what the false predestinational, predestinational people, the false predestinational people, they preach a false predestination. They, they teach that, and, and we'll get into this later, but they teach that we didn't have any choice in it. We were depraved beyond choice. Let me tell you something. We were depraved and without strength, the Bible says, for sure, that none were looking for righteousness. None were righteous, and all had gone astray. All had become sinners, and we were all without strength. Never forget that, but we aren't so depraved that we can't heed the call that we can't see the gospel, hear the gospel, and choose the gospel. Never forget that. All, all these people who are teaching nothing but the depravity of man. It may not be this way everywhere, but every single person that I have ever known in ministry that preached, oh, just constantly harped and harped and harped on the depravity of men. Oh, the depravity of men. And oh, let me, let, me let me tell you, we were depraved. We were lost and undone. And God had to call us. God had to offer us something. We, but we weren't so depraved and undone that we didn't have a choice. And every person that I've ever known in ministry that harped all the time about us being depraved, I don't. There, none of those men. I, 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 these are the ones I know. None of those are in ministry at all anymore. Not in the eyes of God. And some of them have gone the hyper false grace fleshly uh, revolution that's not of God. And some are back in the bars and clubs. But let me tell you this, folks. We were all depraved and without strength. But we weren't so depraved that we didn't still have the power to choose. Yeah, even as a lost person, depraved and wicked and without strength, you have a conscience. God gave you that conscience. God gave you creation so that you could see, obviously, this didn't just appear. And you have a conscience where you accuse or excuse things that go on, Romans 2, 14 and 15. So therefore, the power of choice has always been there. And if God's going to call, it's not those who will something, but it's those who heed the call. Look at what the verse says again. For the children, and here specifically talking about uh, Jacob and Esau, the, the, the children of of uh, Isaac and Rebekah. For the children being not yet born, ne neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calls. See, there is a call. It's not of works, but it's those who 
heed the call. Now here's where I need to remind us that Jesus said, if I be lifted up, and he was lifted up before the foundation of the world, manifest on a hill called Calvary. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw, call, come on now, I will draw, I'll call, the drawing is the calling, all men. Come on now, this is good this morning. This refutes that false predestinational teaching that we didn't have a choice. We were so depraved. God had to, had to just uh, choose some that he would save and choose some that he wouldn't save. And it's, no, it's, God's, it's not God's will that any should perish. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. I'm quoting Bible scriptures to you, by the way. In those two verses right there I just quoted to you, if that don't make you let go of the false predestinational teaching, then you can't grow. You can't grow. And your conscience can't be good and clear and pure. If you're being given scriptures that flat out, flat out tell you one thing, but you're holding to something contrary, your conscience cannot be good and pure in the eyes of God. Amen. And you have to be able to let go of things, even if it's your loving father and mother and oh-so-dear grandmother or whoever it is that tried to lead you in a false way, even though they didn't know it was false. You cannot have a pure and a good conscience before God if you're reading Scripture that says this and you're believing something contrary to that. It simply means you don't understand the scriptures you've been using to go a false way and you need to just simply surrender to what God's word tells you and then he will put it together for you. But until you surrender to simply believe that which the scriptures are plainly saying to you, then you cannot have what the Holy Spirit gives, which is a pure and a good conscience before God. Amen. Somebody said, Amen. So, when the Bible here says it's of him that calls, then that means there's got to be somebody hearing and heeding the call. That brings the choice in. The choice. I don't care what they other people say. And listen, I, I, I added a scripture. I want to read it to you. Uh, if, I can, if I can bring it up here, I added it's Romans 11, 5 that says, even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election, election of grace. We're saved by grace. That's what God did in Christ at Calvary. We're saved by grace. How are we saved? Through our faith, through our faith, our from the heart, the heart of who we are. The centerpiece of who we are with all of who I am. Not this thing pumping blood in my body. That's my physical heart. That's not what believes unto righteousness. The heart of who I am. That the centerpiece the, the, from my deepest being. What makes me who I am. I choose to believe. I choose to heed the call. Remember, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw the call as to all. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. And whosoever shall believe upon him will never perish but have everlasting life. See, Jesus' drawing is Jesus' calling. 
And those who hear me now, every man can choose. I'm going to give you something you need to write down today. This also is a confirmation and a rebuke of the false teaching. Psalms 33:15. God has shaped all of our hearts alike. He's shaped all of our hearts alike. In the creation of men, all of our hearts are created alike. So all men equally have a choice to hearken unto that call. To hearken, to heed that call. That's a choice. That's a choice. See, that one verse in Psalms 33, 15 will help you tremendously. Understand that no one was uh, created in a sinful way and no one was uh, made this or made that. All of our hearts were shaped the same. See, that's powerful, my friends, and we need to know that. Let's get back in here. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to the election, which is the election of grace, which is the purpose of God, not of works, but of him that calls. It was said unto her, speaking of Rebekah, who would give birth to Esau and Jacob, the elder shall serve the younger before they were born. The Lord spoke to, Re to Rebekah and said, The elder, Esau, will serve the younger, Jacob. Now I know that Jacob, the very name, means supplanter, deceiver. He was a rascal, hear me. But listen, his mother had already been told that the older brother, Esau, would serve the younger brother, Jacob. Rebekah, the mother of these boys, is the one who put Jacob up to going in and taking, stealing the blessing from my older brother. But she already had a word from God. Now let me tell you, for sure, Jacob was a, a deceiver, a supplanter. But nevertheless, this was going to happen. This was going to happen. Now I can't get into very much of that because <clears throat> we don't know the other way in which it could have happened, but we know that Rebecca already had a word and a promise that the younger son's going to rule over the older son. Now the details, I don't know. She didn't really understand how that was going to happen, but she started looking for the avenue. And of course they put goat hair on Jacob's arm because Esau, the older brother, was very hairy. And when the uh, <clears throat> uh, Isaac was old and couldn't see good and not far from dying, uh, Jacob went in, put goat hair on his arm, and his daddy felt that and thought it was Isaac, and he pronounced the blessing upon the younger son, which God had already told Rebekah that was going to be the case. And it, and it manifests even in a, full, a, a more full way uh, when Esau showed he didn't care about this lineage of a redeemer. He, he, he sold his birthright, and the birthright means that he didn't care about the privilege and the benefits he had as carrying the promised seed that was promised in the Garden of Eden, this promise of a Redeemer through the firstborn in this lineage uh, should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. And, but God saw the heart of Esau and the heart of Jacob. He saw what they would become. He, listen to me. He saw what they would choose 
choose to believe. You know, it's important you understand that. It's important you understand that, that God sees what we will choose to believe. And, and, and here in this chapter, he will speak of Pharaoh later, but I like saying it this way, and we'll talk more about this later, but God puts us in this plan of his right where we need to be for this particular purpose. We're here today. Pharaoh was where he was for God's purpose, to reveal God's power. Think about that. God uses the lost and the saved, and he takes us and puts us in his plan right where he wants us to be to pull, fulfill his purpose. And think about that. I hope you're getting some good stuff out of this today. I know I am. Uh, Rebecca was told the elder will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Let me tell you something. God hates sin, and we've always heard it, that God loves the sinner, and God does. Listen to me now. Get, get this. This is very important. God hates sin. But he loves the sinner. He's a friend to sinners. But the experience of God's love is nowhere found except through this promise of Jesus, the acceptance of Jesus, the heeding, the call of God's grace through what Christ did at Calvary. There is no love out here or love out here. God, see this today. I pray that you see this. God so loved the world here it comes. Mm, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth upon him. Nothing way out here in all these avenues. But God so loves the whole world. But here is where you find that love. Here is the only place you experience that love. Is in the heeding of the call unto God's grace which is including nothing you do. No works on your part. Only a believing from the heart unto the righteousness of God. With the heart, Romans 10 and 10, men believe unto righteousness. That's in Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's the only call of God there's ever been. That through the blood. Let me say that again. That's the only call of God there has ever been. The call that comes through Jesus being lifted up. The drawing that comes through Jesus being lifted up. There's a difference between being called and drawn and actually coming near. Yeah, I believe it's Jeremiah 31.3 that says, You have drawn us with your loving kindness. But Ephesians 2.13 says we have been brought near. Not just drawn, but brought near. All are being drawn. All are being called. Although most don't know what the call is. And when most hear what the call is, they refute it. They reject it. They rebel against it. But all are being called. All are being drawn. All. And listen to me. Only those who come to God through exclusive faith in the work of Christ at Calvary are elected into this grace by being brought near to God through Christ by the blood, Ephesians 2.13. Not 
I believe in Christ, and now I also have to. That tells from the heart of who I am to God, even though these lips probably in most cases won't say it, but with my heart I can tell God the cross wasn't enough. I also have to do these things. No, Jesus finished the work. Jesus is my approval to God, my acceptance to God, my righteousness before God, my everything before God is through my faith in Christ and his death alone. Alone. Never forget that. And, and God, the Bible says, is angry with the wicked every day. And God hates sin. And here the Bible says God hated Esau because God hates anything that rebels against him. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. God's love and, and, and the worst, well, God loves us. That's what the people probably told each other when Noah told them it was going to rain and God was going to wash them away if they didn't repent and trust in a coming Redeemer and get on this ark. Can't you imagine back in that day they were probably telling their grandkids, God loves us. He's not going to wash us away. God did love them. Factual statement. But we don't live by facts. God does love us but it's only found and experienced and shed abroad in our hearts in Christ, which speaks of in his death. Hallelujah. Never forget that. God can be angry as much as God can love. God can hate. God hates sin. Here the Bible says he hated Esau because Esau would rebel and hate God. Hate God's plan. Listen, if you hate the one avenue that God has offered you salvation, redemption, to be just before his eyes, the great plan of salvation through the blood of his son Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God, then if you, listen, if you reject God's love, there's nothing there left but a hatred. There's nothing left there, but, you know, it's not God loves you or God's just unpleased. No, if God doesn't love you, then there's a hatred there. Don't listen to the milk down preachers that want to change the Bible. The Bible says he loved Jacob and hated Esau. But what he hated about Esau was that Esau didn't love him. Didn't, didn't want to see the Redeemer. Didn't want to be a part of the Redeemer's plan. When you throw out the message of the cross, even though you try to sound spiritual in other avenues, you're a God-hater. You can't love God except through the avenue he offers you his love to love him back. This is why all religions outside of Christianity, which is not a religion, but a relationship with Christ, is a bunch of folk really hating God. They're denying God in their works. They profess they know God, Titus 1.16, but they deny Him in their works. They're trying to work their way into heaven. You know, the guys riding the bicycles all over town got to knock on so many doors, got to do so much of this and so much of that to get into heaven instead of just simply trusting what Christ did. Those are God-haters. They're not serving God. They're not doing that because they love God. Now, they're doing that because they think they love God, but you can think you love God and not even know God. You better read your Bibles. 
Jesus said at the great white throne judgment, many are going to show up saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name and that in your name? He says, I don't know who you are. You're a worker of iniquity, a God hater. Outside of faith in the cross, there is no love to God. God gives us his love through the work of his son at Calvary only. And we can only love God, worship God, trust God, believe upon God through that one avenue being the flesh of Jesus, his life laid down. Outside of that, we might talk about God, we might talk, have tears, we might lift hands, but it ain't nothing but a hatred for God if it's not a love through faith in the blood. I'm not going to milk it down, folks. You need to know that. The church has milked it down. And, 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 and the preachers are out there telling everybody that everybody's just the children of God and, and God loves you in spite of it don't matter and God's love is for the world but it's only found through the cross. Listen, Christian, even though he shed his love abroad in your heart, there have been days in your life you didn't live like it. There's been days in our lives we didn't live like we had the love of God shed abroad in our heart. And that was because we didn't know that we were going to have to fight to maintain our faith, which works by love, if it's working. <laughs> Galatians 5, 6. If faith is working, it's working by love, and that being the love of Christ that loved us and gave himself for us. Let me help you here today. Romans 12, 3 says we have the measure we've been given. Every Christian's been given the measure of faith. Well, that measure, that portion, was taken from the faith that Jesus died by, Galatians 2 and 20. We live today by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. That proves that's the what Jesus did by grace through faith. Hebrews 2 and 9 and Galatians 2 20. Never forget it. Share it all the time. You need to know it and be sharing this. We've been given the measure, the portion of the faith that led him to Calvary to lay his life down. This faith works by love. If it's working, it's working by that love. You need to remember that. So he says, God says, Jacob I've loved, Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Now, we're out of time. We're already over. But I want you to know, a lot of people are going to be being home over who knows how long because of this noisome pestilence that's been released in the earth today. But we're going to stick around and hang out in God's Word. We're going to stick around and cry out to God for more of the truth, more light in Christ. We're, we're, we're not going to focus on the noise and pestilence. We're, we're not going to focus on how uh, impossible it seems to get through the Red Sea or how big this uh, seeming to be unstoppable giant is. We're going to keep walking in the truth, learning Christ, because, listen, every giant can fall. Every red sea can be opened and every noisome pestilence, the noise of this pestilence can be hushed through the truth of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we don't need to fear anything but God himself. 
Oh, the church tries to say, oh, you don't need to fear anything but fear itself. Those are, oh, they sound so good. But God is the only one who deserves proper reverential awe, fear of God, hallelujah, that will drive you into the Word of God to look for the truth that He's got there hidden, not from you, but for you, waiting on you to dig for the truth, hunger for the truth and righteousness of Almighty God. Stick with us on Mondays and Thursdays every morning at 8.30 a.m. as we continue to go through the Word of God and learn the truth and the righteousness that God's Word portrays to us in truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you only in that which is truth, which is the path of righteousness. I love you. I'm praying for you in this this season of darkness that's fell upon the earth. And I'm just believing God that he's going to rebuke this spirit of infirmity. I know that he is and his people will endure. Listen, the strength of any ship is the anchor that's under that ship. And you and I have the strongest anchor in Christ Jesus that anyone could ever have. And in the midst of any storm, Jesus, who is the rock, and what he did at Calvary is what makes him our unmovable rock of ages. Just stand on this rock. If, if death knocks on the door of your house, know that Jesus has promised you will never die, and that physical death is only the portal into gain for you. To live now is Christ, but to die is gain. But we're asking God, to deliver us from this noisome pestilence in these last days and to pour out His Spirit upon us and to work miracles among us as we continue to trust Him and what He's accomplished for us at Calvary. For my friends, there is no other avenue of the power of God. We love you, pray for us, and we look forward to seeing you in the days ahead. God bless you, and until later... Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.